Welcome back to another All About Jesus podcast. Today I got my beautiful daughters on here, Maggie Willis and Molly Mansour. Uh, we've been uh, wanting to do a podcast together. Um, the other day I was just thinking uh, I really love my grandkids, but I just really just miss being with my own um, Start crying off the bat. I just miss being with my own kids. Just uh, we love the grandkids, of course, but just uh, just to really just have time with your own kids. And I just thought I'm just gonna um, ask my daughters just to go out on a date and just be with them and just have a good time. Then I don't know if we'll get that done today or not. But we just uh, was gonna have Thane on here. But really, I think the Lord just wanted me to be on here with my two daughters and just uh, um, just talk about uh, what Jesus has done in our lives and just. Uh, um, I think today we're going to talk about forgiveness and repentance. I'm going to read uh, Colossians three thirteen. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> As we've been going through doing different deliverances and different things, I mean, there's just been a line of people that I've had to get in front of them and do intercession prayer with and just have them uh, um, forgive me as I uh, forgave them. And just um, when you live a life as I did, you just uh, you offend a lot of people and you make a lot of people mad and you hurt a lot of people and you just got to go back and uh, um, make all that right. And in the Bible, there's just no way to be uh, close to the Lord unless you... Uh, forgive and repent and uh been a lot of it that this year and just uh every time it's just uh a better feeling than just watching other people as we do uh deliverance and um praying with people and just um just watching them forgive and uh forgiving themselves you think man it'd be easy just to kind of forgive your yourself and you'll tell somebody just go ahead and forgive yourself and just speak it out and man they just Tears will come, and they just can't hardly get the words out until they do, and it's just such a such a relief that comes uh, that comes over them. It's just uh, it's really just overwhelming just to be a to be a part of it. So I really think a lot of uh, my ministry that will be you know in the future is just uh, it just called for uh, getting people to uh, to forgive and to kind of teach people and just kind of show people uh, what it. Uh, what it does in their lives and which doors that it uh, can open when you get all that forgiveness. Because you'll hold that unforgiveness in, it just leaves the door open for the devil to uh, keep working because I'm still mad at somebody, then I get mad at even something else. The devil just kind of pulls up that name, then you're just back mad at them. So you really need to go and uh, really forgive everyone that, uh, that comes to your mind. Um, thanks for having me on, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I don't, I just kind of want to start out just repenting, I guess. And so for anybody that just listens to this podcast, um, I just want to apologize and I just want to ask for forgiveness for anyone that I have hurt, um, or that I have offended and not even known about. And so I just repent for that and ask that you would forgive me and I just pray that the Lord blesses you 
in all your your entire life. And forgiveness is such a such a key and it's a continuous thing and um not too long ago it's just like I just had to forgive my dad again and I've forgiven him several times um just over this last year um but it's like things come back up and we just have to continuously um just forgiving others and it's not necessarily that I'm expecting my dad to apologize to me because that's not that's not what the Lord wants he wants us to just forgive because it's it's on us if we we aren't forgiving others, then he's not forgiving us for holding those grudges against others. And so um, just when you, if you have any forgiveness that you need to give to other people, don't expect a, a um, an apology or um, for them to just even immediately forgive you. It's a process and everyone has to do it at their own pace and their own time. Yeah, what's weird is even if somebody, you know, that's unfortunately been molested or somebody just comes up to you and is mean to you and you get offended by it or hurt, it doesn't mean um, that you don't, uh, you've still got to forgive them if, if you've been offended in any way. You've got to, you've got to be the one forgiving them. And if they don't want to accept it, that's really nothing that you can uh, do about it. It's, uh, you've just got to be sure that you um, forgive everyone that's, uh, ever done anything to you or ever offended you you just cannot hold that on because that builds quite a wedge between you and the the lord and you cannot uh, cannot be completely blessed by the lord or completely healed or completely delivered if you're holding on to unforgiveness yeah i think something too that um people can do they even ashes to beauty last year hearing a woman that had um hidden stuff so deep in her mind or heart um, that had to be pulled out so that she could actually uh, forgive people in her life. Um, it's really a real thing. So you got to dig deep and ask questions or go to someone that you um, trust to bring stuff out of you so you can bring it up to the surface to actually forgive because it would be a lot easier just to leave it in the past and never move from it. Um, and it's stuff that I still need to do and go through. Um, but it just takes time. And there's not a certain time. Um, he doesn't give you a certain time frame. You have to do it in. Everyone's so different. But I think my big thing with um, forgiveness has even been like um, when I come back home or I'm far away from my family, um, the devil tries to work and cause division between us, so I just feel alone. And I think you have to really ask God into your life to show you discernment in those areas so you know um, when the devil is doing his works. And just this week, the devil already tried to cause division between me and my brother, and... um, it's just about humbling yourself and just saying, who cares if you are the one person, if you think you're right, you know, just going to him and just saying, I'm sorry if something I said offended you because I don't want to cause this division between us and not just living constantly to always have to be right. You know, that's 
all of us and our family are so prideful and know-it-alls all the time to each other. And it's really important for us to continue to humble ourselves and just hearing each other out and giving each other scripture to um, go by what we're saying and just apologizing and um, just being humbled constantly every day so that our pride is never built back up. As it says in Colossians three fourteen, make all allowance for each other's faults. Fourteen, above all, close your clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Um, we just got to be so filled with uh, the love of the Lord, which really don't think our family we loved each other, but we just wasn't filled with the love of Jesus, and we would always start off. Uh, maybe good, and uh, then we'd get uh, off track as the night would go on and start kind of picking at each other and just uh, just really built a lot of hard feelings between all of us. If something would go bad, we'd always be there for each other, but just the constant uh, picking on each other and just not in constant love, and I've really noticed that's bigger. I mean, sometimes I still get off track and a little mouthy, but it's just... Most time we can start the day off now of all together, and by the end we're still all um, getting along good instead of somebody uh, getting mad. And without Jesus, um, I mean, we tried it for a long time, and it just wasn't there. So without the love of God, we just uh, loved each other, but we just struggled to uh, discontinuously love each other. And, and I still get off track now and do a lot of you know, battles in the spiritual realm a lot, but uh, then you just think back of what... Uh, how much the Lord has changed myself in a year, and I'm sure you girls of all can look back too. And um, just the other day, just I'd think back of the times when I'd just be so angry at something and throwing and kicking and carrying on, and and I would just think about uh, Jesus <laughs> watching me and just uh, sitting up there and just kind of imagining him, just kind of like shaking his head, like, "Man, what are you doing?" <laughs> And he would just bring me to tears each time of just hurting him. But before that, you know, you're just kind of thinking of yourself. You're just, um, but then when you get the moments of when you just think of what Jesus is watching and it just brings you to tears, you just know uh, how much that he has changed you. Because before I was just so hard-hearted and just so um, mean that's, uh, it's amazing. So we just can't get ahead of ourselves. We just got to be so joyful what for what, what the Lord has done in our lives so far and don't ever compare ourselves to somebody that's been doing it for three years, five years, 25 years, and just uh, walk with the Lord in your pace and, uh, and just praise him every day from what he has brought you out of. Mm-hmm. I even think just like that, going back to like our family was this and that, and now we're all doing ministry together and everybody's like how did you how did your family do this and um those things and it's not like it's uh it may look pretty from the outside but you know in the inside we're still all we're all just humans we're still trying to figure it out we're still babes here and so um it's it's a lot of just humbling and so we had so much I feel like we had to have this perfect we because 
dad had the business, like you had to be good. We had that last name that people talk about. We had to be um, put on this front, I guess you would say. And so, um, yeah, everybody thought we were so tight-knit and everything, but in the inside we were just really, we fought a lot, but we didn't let others see it. And so now, um, now it's different. It's like we actually come with the love of Jesus, and when we go to each other to say, you know, like, hey, I think this was wrong, or, um, you know, maybe you should look that up more, then it's out of a place of love, not just like, hey, I want to prove you wrong. Like, that. that's no more. It's like, no, I want to help you grow. Because by me having to, like, step back and look that up in the Bible and then go to that person with that, that's, like, huge. That's just because I love you and I want to see you grow and I want to see you further yourself for the kingdom of God. And so... um. But you have to put that pride down. You have to put um, that front of not wanting everybody to know what's wrong with your family. Um, Not that there's stuff that's wrong with it, but it's just we just let so much sin in. And so exposing all the darkness and bringing it to light is just, like, huge. It just will change your life and your family's life. I think with, uh, like Maggie was talking about with our family, everybody changing all at the same time almost is very, uh, very blessed for that to happen because, you know, a lot of families that uh, lived a lot cleaner life than we did maybe have a kid or two out there still that won't repent and return or just never has ever found the Lord. So uh, what a what a blessing for, uh, um, and it's a great example of what really what our testimony ought to be as a family is the dad finally being the spiritual leader of his home Mm -hmm. and uh, and then the kids uh, following and doing uh, um, as the dad or you know as they should and um, so many times where the dad just will not be the spiritual leader and uh, that just makes such a difference and just a dad uh, of daughters is uh, so important because I just never did really ever teach you um, how a guy should really treat a woman because I just never did treat mom the right way. I always just was rude and uh, took advantage, manipulated, and just uh, done whatever I wanted to do. It was just a terrible example for a for a dad, for a boy, or you know, but especially for daughters that looked up to their dad. Then they go out and, you know, looking for a guy, trying to find somebody different or trying to find somebody like it, but just never having a real example of what their dad, um, what a husband should be because they never seen their dad do that. And I think that's probably has caused you girls some trouble in the years with the choices you've made with different fellows. And you finally have both found wonderful guys. But I think, uh, uh, me being such a terrible example has caused you girls a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that probably is true. And not necessarily, you know, your grandparents were good. They go to church. Um, that's kind of how we were raised, and we did see. I mean, we had good examples of grandparents. Um, 
and how to treat others, but it's just different when it's your actual parent. By the time that you have, you see grandparents doing it, it's like, well, they're old enough. You just change because you've been with that person for so long and things. But then when you, in your home, when you're seeing your parents just bicker and fight constantly, it just really does set that example of, well, this is how I guess it starts out and then it gets better. And so being able to just break that now, and even for my own kids, because, I mean, I've had bickering and fighting around my children, and so being able to, like, break that and just be like, we want Jesus to lead, and we want him in this house, and not to bring all of the destruction in. Yeah, I think... um a lot of growing up, mom and dad showed us a lot of things not to do, but they showed us a lot of good things to do too. And they were always, um, I always felt loved by them. And um, even though dad doesn't think he was there, he was there for all my events. And um, I think that's, we have a different relationship because of that, that's still sometimes feel like I have to walk on eggshells because of how angry he used to get. But he was there and he was present. Um, and I feel like I put that into my kid's life and now I'm probably overbearing because of it. But I just, I'm thankful for the um, support I've had my whole life. Every move I've made, they've been there and helped me. And I think that's important um, to do when people aren't following Christ, but now following Christ, being there for all the moments, the big moments when I got rebaptized. It's things like that that just matter so much more than a basketball game or some cross-country run that no one wants to be at. (laughs) It's just, it's a lot different feeling now, following Christ together. And I just think, going back to why God had made us all turn and start going back to him, and he found his lost sheep all around the same time, is because he was trying to strengthen our family. For my husband. And he's all just making us stronger so we can be a light in Joe's life and just bring him to Christ. And he's got a bigger plan than any of us know about, and that's why we just have to keep going down the path and on our knees praying and uniting together because there's a way bigger plan and a calling he has on our family. And to bring other people that aren't following Christ or that are lukewarm back to him and on fire for him. And so it wasn't something that our flesh did where we're like, oh, everyone's following Christ now. Let's all jump on board. That was God pulling us at the same time. Mm -hmm. And thank God for that. And thank God Maggie and Thane are both with people following Christ now. Because it takes a team. It doesn't take one person just to bring someone to Christ. We have to work together. We're supposed to work as a machine together. And that's why he's made it um, so special for our family. And if it's just to bring one person to Christ or hundreds, it's all worth it. All the struggles, all the sufferings, it's all worth it to bring more people to his kingdom.
I know like for Molly and <clears throat> Thane, I was there more than I was for Maggie as she's the first one. And, um, I just really struggled for a long time of really accepting what I was called to do. And just, uh, I wasn't there as much for Maggie. And I know that, uh, that really hurt her because she always uh, loved me so much that, uh, that I just uh, wouldn't give her the the time or just kind of she was growing older and to where you girls or you and Thane uh, was a little bit younger than started coaching and getting more, more involved. So um, I'm really sorry for ever doing that to Maggie. And I thank uh, God she was able to forgive me where she could have easily had held that against me and still um, – our relationship wasn't no good, but we just uh, um, gave it to the Lord, and uh, um, our relationship is strong. We just thank, uh, I just thank Maggie for always loving me and uh, um, not holding all my faults against me. I forgive you again. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it was a lot to do with uh, having such a wonderful wife and you guys having such a wonderful mom. Um, or a lot of times where somebody like in Jill's um, place of taking all the crap uh, could have really like tried to turn against me and turn you kids against me, but she never, never did. She always stuck up and um, wanted you to love your dad. So, I mean, just a lot of moms uh, don't do that and you couldn't, you don't, can't really blame them in a lot of ways for being hurt and being uh, the way, but she was always, she never ever did that. Never really ever talked bad about me and to um, to you kids, and that's why I think the relationship never got too far where it couldn't be fixed. And uh, when I finally had turned at a rock bottom spot, and I've said before, Jill was at first like I don't know if he'll stick with it, but she jumped right aboard, and then uh, um, we started talking to you kids. And I don't each of you kind of started turning at different times, but without her love and just being such a rock of a person, this would have never, wouldn't happen. I mean, being the spiritual leader of the home and um, is so important because if mom had said, I'm going back to church and I didn't, then we probably wouldn't see this here today like this. But uh, if mom wasn't such a rock, then uh, um, it wouldn't have really mattered what I would have, what I would have did. Yeah. And, not only that, but she had a good example of the father. She had the, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. That is what her father was. So her wanting that for you with your children was just like, I think that's what kept her going mm-hmm. for that. And, and God knew the desires of her heart. Right. Yeah, my parents were went to church every Sunday, but they wasn't, you know, the best examples at all the time. They make mistakes just like everybody, everybody else. But, uh, um, having, uh, great examples in your life, like, uh, mom did of, uh, Bill and Barb just, uh, uh, really made such a, such a huge difference. That's just, uh, great examples for everybody. They just, uh, I never met anybody that didn't like, uh, Bill and Barb, they're just uh, such wonderful people, and hopefully someday that uh, everybody can say that about uh, us. They just There's no bad words about us, so that would be 
something to really strive for for an earthly for an earthly blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the the last ones, and we got into the grandkids how much they'd uh, made such a difference. I mean, sometimes it's they're overwhelming, but uh, um, they just made such a difference in my life of just. They didn't actually say it to me, and just the other day I was writing out my full testimony, and oh, wow, <laughs> and I have put myself through it, but um, got to the part again about talking about the the little grandkids, and uh, you know who's going to show show us anything, Paul, and I just uh, I just know that's from the Lord that uh, just broke down in tears again of just uh, um, somebody had to make a change in our family or the little. Uh, little fellows were just uh, going the right on the wrong track, and just wasn't going to be nobody there for them to really teach them. So um, I just thank God for them every day to what uh, what a change they've made in all of our lives. They uh, just such special special little people. Mm-hmm. I think something too that um, people keep talking about, like what you do, can be put on um, your children. And if that doesn't wake you up, I don't know what will. When God blesses you with these children because these are gifts from him and you can't wake up and see that their salvation is more important than that party you want to go to or your sleep or um, anything else. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take to wake you up because these precious little souls that God gives us are such a blessing. And we just take it for granted constantly. And there's people out there trying to have kids that can't have one. Um, there's children left alone without their parents. So many kids up for adoption. And we selfishly constantly just take our kids for granted and what a blessing they are. And um, these little disciples that God wants us to raise. Um, and we're too busy for them. And we put TV and uh whatever in front of them just just to get away from them constantly and it's just so selfish and once you come to Christ you really find out how selfish you are um and you need to repent for it I got to repent every day for my to-do list um because God has our to-do list and we should be he should be our top priority and then our second should be our family. That is our ministry. If he gives you a family, that needs to be your ministry. Um, and so many times we're, we're giving all of our time and energy to all these other people, which when God calls you to, wonderful. But there's so, there's so many hours in a day that he wants us there with these pre- precious little babies and um, our husband, our spouse, that we need to give the attention to. And I'm just, I'm so grateful he made me um, realize that, and every time I try to run the other way, he wakes me up from it. Mm-hmm. Conviction makes you turn back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I remember on the last podcast that we did um, together, just with Dad. It's Molly said these are not our children. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're they're God's children, and He has just blessed us and given them to us so that we can give them back to God, really. Um, it's just like the story about Hannah. You know, she she prayed and prayed and asked for a son, and then the Lord did give her that son, 
And she said, God, if you give me the son, I will give him back to you. And she did. She kept up her end of the deal there. And so now it's like, you know, if you raise them up in the way that they should go, they will always have that in their heart. And so for me, it's just been like, these are, these are not my children. These are just, um, these are God's children. And he's given me that blessing to raise them. And I know that they already have a calling on their life. And, and my goal is to, to keep their eyes on Jesus and be able to show them Jesus and everything that they do, being able to take Jesus to the school. Um, you know, just even the simplest things like pray before you eat, always ask the Lord to bless, bless those things. And it's just like, it's constant. It's just like potty training a kid, but it's like, I don't want them to put the pagan holidays above Jesus. And so that's, that's been like huge for us recently, just with Bryson starting school, just like how to incorporate Jesus into literally everything that he does. And it's hard sometimes to figure those things out, but it seems like every time that I wonder how am I going to do this, the Lord puts somebody in my place and they tell me exactly how they did it. And so he just keeps giving me examples of how to continuously incorporate him into everyday life. Or my children. Mm-hmm. Something else I just love to do with my kids is to worship and just to freely raise our hands and dance around the living room and and just have a childlike faith that these churches try to take away from these kids at such a young age now. And just uh, for my kids to live in freedom before they start going even into the churches that are so traditional and religious and try to take away that childlike faith and just show them you gotta, there's only one way to do everything. I'm, I'm just praying every day for them to have boldness as they walk in and just to live in, um, in God's glory and not, um, their own and not by what a church says to do, but what the Bible says to do and the real truth. And I just pray for all these little children around here that they just keep laying hands on adults and praying over people and um, just believing. To have the belief of a child is just, it's unreal and it's the most beautiful thing and we all should be more like these children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just the uh, childlike faith is, um, as Eddie was giving us a, Example one day of childlike faith is like speaking in tongues. You're just kind of babbling like a child, and it does take faith and uh, in the Lord that you are doing what uh, what He wants you to do. That was just such a great example because uh, you know you get out into public and you um, are speaking in tongues or in your spirit language to the Lord, or you're just doing it to yourself. It just uh, it is a childish things to do, but it's. Uh, a straight, direct line to God, and the devil can understand it. You can understand it, and it doesn't really make any difference. It's just uh, between you and the Lord. And uh, our family, just as it, uh, um, through the midsummer, we kind of was doing our revivals, and we kind of got away from him. just seemed like I just took such a huge uh, step in growth. And it all started by getting baptized in the uh, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um it can't even really seem like the day that uh, we was at the office and Joe Garton and 
little wake garden was there, and they didn't actually pray over us, but they was just kind of praying over you, but it kind of caught off onto me. Then by that night in a man up revival, I just kind of like, my tongues are kind of starting. And uh, remember wake kind of said, I think I heard you speak. And of course at that time I didn't have the childlike faith. I was just like, man, I hate to do that out loud. Maybe that's not right. The next night you had a women's revival at Gilman and uh, I went over there and talked to you guys. Then I was turned around to leave and you said, come back. And then you and four or five other ladies was all around me praying, baptizing me in the Holy Spirit, and you was uh, um, speaking in your spirit language, and all the other ladies were too, but I didn't really know you'd wanted me to start. But I'd already done a little bit, but I didn't know what was really even going on at that time. I thought maybe it was some kind of forgiveness or something Maggie was asking me for. I just didn't really understand it. Then left there, and I was smiling, and just uh, um, then all of a sudden I just... Remember, kind of started, kept doing it, and it just kind of come alive to me, speaking in tongues. Then uh, it's like, man, Jill, does that sound like speaking in tongues? Says it sounds like it to me. Then I just took off and just started rolling. Then um, me and Maggie, I remember, we'd get together before some other revivals at the Tears of Love and just be standing in front of each other, just uh, speaking in our prayer um, language. And I just remember uh, praying over uh, Mom two or three Days in a row that all of a sudden she just started uh, breaking out in her spirit language. And who prayed over you, Meg or Molly? Me and Mom? I had a bunch of people pray over me. I didn't get my um, prayer language till I was alone by myself. Um, and I had to repent for my sins and my husband's sins. And um, I had to repent for my sins and my husband's sins. And a lady had a uh, vision telling me I needed to do that. Um, and so mine was just a really intimate moment, just me, my children and God right there. And just, um, just crying out and, um, you know, asking Lord, if this gift, um, I didn't know why I wanted it. And he showed me it wasn't just for me, but it's for the unbeliever, my husband. And I knew right then I needed it and I wanted it and I wanted everything he had for me. And started just crying out, and he just started making my mouth start moving, and it took off from there. But it, it had other people praying over me for that whole week. It was every night full of anointing and laying hands on me and asking for it. Um, and, yeah, it, it does take people praying over you, but then he just brought me to alone in a dark room like he told me to do five times that week, and I finally did it, and it happened. No, the first time you said I prayed over you and I just kind of prayed a little bit in tongues. That time I was still a little bit uh, nervous about it, of doing it. And you said, is this almost like a shock went through your body? It did, yeah. You were praying over uh, me and I was holding uh, Mia at the time, I believe. And um, you are praying over me and you had my hand, your hand on my head, I think. And um, yeah, it was just like a shot of lightning down through my body. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really want to say it out loud because I was like, what is this? <laughs> me out. <laughs> and once that fire hit, it was just like, Oof, that's what I want. And you hear some people uh, talk about it that's just to edify you, but really there is such a power in the tongues. Um, as uh, 
I'd seen Mag. She got delivered from the uh, Jezebel spirit. Then me and Jill was sitting here one night, and uh, I'd been delivered before down to Oklahoma City of some uh, different kind of spirits. And uh, um, I know some people don't uh, believe in it, but I've been on both sides of it. I've delivered people, and I've been um, delivered. But that night... Um, and you've been an unbeliever of it, too. Yeah, I've been an unbeliever, and I get... Yeah. Uh, Learning sometimes we get thinking too much about it, but you know, really the Bible it just talks about it constantly. Jesus was doing it, Paul was doing it. So, but that night as we was watching something, I just thought, and the Jezebel spirit comes from rejection of the Father and an overbearing mom. And I thought, um, my mom's a good mom, but she's kind of overbearing, and um, Dad rejected me as a young guy, and well, a lot of my life. And uh, then just some other things come with it of manipulation and uh, fear and arrogance and pride. And I thought, man, that's pretty much all me. And uh, then we went through our um, prayer guide that uh, we'd got at Oklahoma City. And I went through this whole prayer, then had Jill. Um, she was going to deliver me of this uh, spirit, or at least, uh, um, you know, put it in the Lord's hand and see what happens. And when she started talking at first, she was still kind of thumbing through her book, and she'd never um, done a deliverance by herself. She'd done one on somebody else at Encounters, and uh, I could tell she didn't have a lot of confidence in doing it, and uh, which is understandable. But I'm just sitting there, and that spirit starts manifesting just like, man, she just don't know what she's doing. Um, I don't respect you. Just these thoughts that keep coming to my mind. And uh, she finally kind of slid over in front of me and started going, and the whole time, She'd call out a spirit, and I'd kind of hold it. But my, but I was sitting there looking at her just like, you have no authority on me. I don't really respect you um, as uh, somebody that could get a spirit out of me. Obviously, I love her. Uh, but just at that time, that Jezebel spirit was just really manifesting. And I'd finally, I'd release spirit of, uh, I can't even think what they was now. I'd just kind of breathe it out. Then we'd go to the next one. I'd speak to the Holy Spirit. It'd say it's gone or if it was still there. And all of a sudden, she just said, Jezebel spirit. And, uh, and the other times, too, I could feel these spirits coming up in my, in my head. My eyes, she could just see my eyes getting really big. And that's when you're doing deliverance, and you can tell in someone's eyes of different things that's happening. And then you're just really speaking to that spirit. You're not really speaking to that person anymore. You're speaking to that spirit. And uh, she could see that. When we got to that Jezebel spirit, and what the real sign of that is, is a person will laugh or smile. And she said, Jezebel spirit, are you in there? And I just started just laughing right in her face and just, uh, and, huh? And, mocking. And, and just kind of mocking her. And in my mind, I never did say anything out loud because nothing really would come out because she had took the Bible and put it right on my chest. And that's the sword and this, uh, um, it just got unbelievable power during the, in all times, but in deliverance for sure. And uh, so my eyes just got real big and I'm just laughing and my thoughts are just, uh, the spirit's thoughts are just like, you have no authority on me. You're just kind of a joke. I kind of wanted to even kind of come at her and just kind of uh, intimidate her, but I couldn't move because of the Bible was on my chest. I was just pretty much pinned in my chair. I mean, she had the sword right on my throat and, uh, and uh, she kept going, and I mean, you're just kind of inside your body, but you can feel the spirit is just completely 
taken over. My eyes are big. I'm laughing. I'm smiling at uh, Jill, mocking her. And uh, she's, you know, telling me that telling the spirit to get out and in the name of Jesus and doing everything you're supposed to. But just um, it was probably half a Jill and half a the Lord at that time is the best way I can explain it. And I, she just looked at me right in my eyes and just started speaking in tongues. And I could just feel my body just kind of like curl up like somebody that was real strong standing right in front of you that you was just scared to death that was just going to slap you right in your head and to just feel the fear come over my body because when she went into tongues it was just all Jesus it wasn't Jill anymore it was just all Jesus Christ talking to that Jezebel spirit and wham that thing got it just was gone and it was just uh awesome to have that spirit out of me but just to be on that side of it from you know most time I'm the I do the deliverance, kind of the head guy talking to the spirits, but to be on that side of it and to really see it, feel it, and to see the power of the tongues of just being, it's just full Jesus. It was just an awesome, awesome experience. So people think just the tongues is just to edify you and not really that big a deal is a, is a lie. Mm-hmm. And how cool is that? That's just like Holy Spirit takes over and then, Holy Spirit talks to the Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit talks to Jezebel and tells her, you know, the same thing that we've been speaking in English, but the power comes with it because it's the Holy Spirit. We have no idea what we are saying, but it is literally the Lord talking to that and telling it to go because we are children of God. And you know what? When I got delivered of these things, I had no idea that they were actually in me. I just had never, you know, demons are not uh, talked about really in church and um, definitely were not talked about as I grew up. And so, um, and so I didn't really know that they could be in me and I'd always heard that they couldn't. And so now getting to actually do some things and casting out of demons, um, has been pretty amazing to watch, but it's just like, you know, none of these things can happen without Jesus. Or it's literally, I mean, it's pointless if Jesus is not in the midst of it. And, you know, we, the only reason that we do this is because we love these people and we want to see them free, literally free of things that they have been in bondage with um, maybe cursed with since they were born. And so being actually able to see someone free is the is just like Jesus is giving you a hug. It's just like, this is amazing. You actually get to see someone free from these things. It's I can't even describe it. When you do uh, deliverance and you go through it and uh, somebody really coughs or we've seen some, People throw up when you tell a demon to to come out, but you know that's cool. But it's, it's really the deliverance of whatever they're holding on to. A lot of people, because I was down to an encounters and had uh, four or five people right in a row, and um, just a real powerful story of a a kid who's just praying for him. Uh, um, got to my turn to pray in the prayer circles. We had our hands laid on him, and I just said, Are "You holding some unforgiveness." And uh, he said, yeah, I guess against my dad. And uh, 
So I just said, you know, I started doing intercession prayer with him. I pretended to be his dad, and he obviously was him. And uh, I just said, well, you know, go ahead and forgive your dad. And he just he broke down in tears right there. And I just put his head down and just wouldn't uh, wouldn't look at me. And uh, I just said, you know, you're going to need to look at me and, you know, and forgive me. And uh, he looked at me in the eyes, and I just, you know, pretended to be his dad. And, I mean, when you get in them situations, that intercession prayer, I mean, the Holy Spirit just takes over. And I just looked at him as I was his dad, and I just said, I'm sorry. And, uh, man, he just, he said, I forgive you. And, uh, I mean, just the relief that guy had felt um, after that was just, uh, it was over overwhelming for him and and me and the freedom that he got right there no no demons come flying off of him or anything like that but just speaking that out in that intercession moment and finally just forgiving him and moving on and uh me and uh um ian have come closer after that i mean sometimes he even calls me uh dad now i mean it was such a special uh moment to be there to you know, to be in the Holy Spirit, to do what Lord wants you to, and just to give a, to be there for Ian, and just give him a complete f- freedom that he hadn't had for a long time is uh, unbelievable. So deliverance sometimes is just uh, speaking out something you're holding, holding in, and being able to walk in freedom. Because um, us all three had went a lot of years of not having any kind of freedom, then finally. Only having freedom and just being able to be our, be ourselves and not live a lie has been, uh, mm-hmm. well, been what's awesome. What's the verse that confess with your mouth so you can be healed? Right, we're supposed to confess to one another our sins, and unforgiveness is a sin, whether we want to think that or not. It is, and that's something that we have to get out in the open, and we have to get it off of ourselves. Um, so that we can fill that area back up with the Holy Spirit. Um, since we have such a change in our family, we all got uh, different gifts now that we didn't have the uh, the first time that we all done this together. We just kind of. Um, just really happy of what's going on, but now we're all kind of walking in different gifts that the Lord has uh, um, let us have. Um, what is uh, what has been such a what has been the biggest change in your life since the last time we done this podcast, Maggie? I just feel like I've, um, my relationship with the Lord is just, um, is just so much closer and not even necessarily it's about the gifts or anything like that, but it's just like about having that relationship with Jesus. And, you know, we can't do any of these things. We can't do anything. Can you even pray really without him? And so, Mine is just like being able to just be open and just say, you know, Lord, just use me as a vessel. Whatever you want me to do, um, just tell me and I will do it. But then actually following up with that obedience. And so I think probably um, just obedient to what the Lord 
um, has told me to do has been huge in my life because I feel like I've kind of um, just rebelled a little bit on what just to authority maybe. And um, so actually being obedient to the Lord and just having that um, one-on-one time, getting on my face and praying to the Lord and just um, asking him to use me or what he has for me and um, just being open to have divine appointments um, every day or whenever. What was the question? <laughs> Since the last podcast we had, uh, what's been the biggest change that you've Seem like we've all grown a lot since that time. I think since the last podcast, I've been through lots of um, trials, testing, and um, sufferings. Just, I'm sure not as bad as others, but seem pretty bad for myself. Um, and I think he he's just constantly trying to prune me, and he's constantly trying to just grow my faith. I think um, he has put a new boldness in me, and I've been asking for that. Um, and that's something I feel like that always gets tried. The devil tries to take away from me. I've always been bold my whole life and told people what I thought. And then when it came to Christ, it's like the devil tried putting me in a corner so that I wouldn't speak out um, what Christ was telling me to do. And um, I think God has just grown me in that area and just praying that he continues to do so, um, and just showing me a new love for others. I think since the last podcast that I've just, um, really tried to make others more of a priority and just, um, he's made my prayer time so much more special and just intimate and, uh, um, he's gave, gave me gifts. I didn't know that I was even worthy of having, um, and just constantly just doing things for me, just every little detail, um, because he loves us each so much and he wants everything to be so special for us. And I'm just so thankful for his love and, um, just constantly there every time you don't think anyone's there for you. He's just a reminder. Yes, I'm right here. Mm. Uh, don't feel alone. And, um, yeah, he, he's just a good, good father. Mm-hmm. What about you? Since our last podcast, there's just been so much uh, growth in my, just so much more belief. Because I know at first, uh, mom would go to some things on Monday night and come home and tell these stories of things that was going on over there and I would be the old religious spirit, you know, that we grew up with. Like, why can't they just be uh, regular people? Why do we have to do all this stuff? Why do we, I just didn't really believe. But then you start seeing all the different things and just like, man, how can you really, why would you want to go to church and follow the Lord and not want to um, be able to help people with the gifts that the Lord had gave you? I mean, with the tongues, obviously I didn't believe that at one time or just never even really th- thought about it. I thought, what in the world? Or uh, laying of hands and healing people, even from people laying hands on me and uh, healing me, just still just not really getting it. Then uh, 
um, that summer where we took off from a, took a break from doing the revivals and just really just started really expanding, just really learning and just really seeing so much stuff with my own eyes. And I just think, you know, our family just of probably some of the stuff that we probably will be called to do is just go to some of these churches and different places and just tell, just testify the things that we have seen and what, uh, you know, and what, uh, what you're really, what you're missing and, uh, and try to bring that to uh, different churches. We go to a wonderful church, uh, me and Maggie does and Molly does when she comes back up to Kirkley and I mean, it's just really rolling up there and working in all their gifts and just all kinds of things are happening but not everybody can go to Kirkley. There's just not, there's not room. So, you know, I just think some of it, and unfortunately that uh, some days that some of us are going to have to go to other places and just kind of say, this is what we're seeing. And this is why this church is doing what it is doing. And there's so much love and compassion and um, really just miracles happening almost every Sunday Mm -hmm. and go and just tell, uh, other places about it and just uh, show them how to get the Holy Spirit in. I always say people, they like to do a lot of things, but they don't want the Holy Spirit inside the building. I don't know if they're just scared of it or they like the Holy Spirit for salvations, but they just don't want to work in the gifts of it and don't want to. I mean, every church and especially a lot of churches have got older folks in it or younger folks. There ought to be somebody up the front every Sunday getting prayed over and anointed with the, oil and uh, then when you see that in front of your church i see old sally she got healed last week it just builds such a such a uh, a belief you know in Mac, molly's church down in texas we was down there i like it but uh I mean, there's no no working in the gifts or seeing any miracles down there and i just think you any church you go to and somebody that they really know and all of a sudden they get healed that's why it's such a story with me, everybody knew what I was, and you see such a change. Then you see the healing, and people know what I was about and the change they can see. That's why there's so many lives have been uh, changed. I mean, we can go back to a church and tell them about somebody that nobody knows, and it's just hard to believe, but you know somebody, and you see it right in front of you. That's what really changes uh, people's perspective. I think the coolest thing about Kirkley is it doesn't matter what time you get out of church. You're in church and you're not even for a second thinking about what's for lunch today. I think that's how church should be constantly. Like we should be so engrossed and in love with just learning more about Jesus or praying over people or asking for prayer or just up praising God. You don't have to go to the altar if you're struggling. You can go to the altar if you want to praise God for all he's doing in your life. And I think all these um, churches that are just so worried about, we got to get out by 11 o'clock. Where are you going? It's Sunday. It's God's day that he tells you to rest. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you not just want to be resting in the presence of the Lord? Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's just a passion in me and a desire for other people to feel the fire in them, um, just wanting more. And it's not wrong to want more. God has so much in store for you. And if you're feeling comfortable, you're probably not doing what he's asking you to do because it's uncomfortable to follow Jesus sometimes. The path is narrow, um, and this world thinks it's wide. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not. 
and he is going to um, push you to limits you don't want to go sometimes. He's going to make you say stuff you don't want to say all the time, but who cares if you know you have eternal life through him and you are following um, and what he's telling you to do and being obedient to what he's calling you to do. Um, the judgment and fear of man should not scare you. Um, just give it to God every day. And I promise if you're praying for people to surround you and fill you back up, if you're feeling worried, he's going to give you those people um, that will keep you going. And there are other Christians that are on fire here on this earth. And there's people hiding underground just to get into his word. And we have it freely here every day. And we would rather sit around and gossip than be diving into his word or praying over each other or you know, what drives me nuts is people get sick, and the first thing they want to do is run to medicine. And I'm not saying all medicine is wrong or anything, but why don't we try praying first? Why don't we anoint our little babies and pray over them? And if God says to go get some medicine, get the medicine. But if he tells you to pray, get on your knees and pray. I don't care if you're out in public or in your home. We have got to start turning to God for every um, everything we need. It, it just... It's just crazy. We rely so much on these human flesh bodies that are made to sin. And we should be giving everything we have to the Lord. And not just on Sundays. I mean, every day we should want to dive into his word. And when we're struggling, you got to humble yourself to call out to another Christian believer and get fired up again. You don't have to let your fire burn out. Good word. I think one of the things that's really made me grow closer to the Lord is just the the devil doing, me being able to see the things that the devil is doing and literally, mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word hate, but like hating everything that the devil does. That's what really like pushes me to keep getting closer to the Lord and fighting against the devil. And so when we put Jesus first, it's like, okay, now we've entered, you know, spiritual warfare or, or, you know, the battleground or whatever. And it's like, you know, some people just don't want to um, want to stay comfortable. Yeah, they want to stay comfortable because they don't want to have to go fight. But people, I mean, we can't, we can't even live here without somebody going to war for us. So why can't we go to the go to war for Jesus. Why can't we go out and fight um, against principalities and demons? And, you know, the word demon may scare you. Okay, evil spirits. There, There is those things. There are those things, sorry. Um, there's angels. There's fallen angels. And so, you know, our battle isn't here on earth on who, um, who writes the biggest check at at church and they get to make the decisions. No, it's asking what the Lord said, asking what he said on those decisions. And then following, following through with those things. It's about the fighting the principalities and the demons out of the church, because we want that to be holy ground, sacred ground for the Lord to come in and dwell and literally break the hearts, just humbling our hearts. Yeah, I think it's so easy if you are a Christian family as well and your life's going great, you're feeling comfortable, everyone in your family's saved. And if you don't have a compassion for others um, and wanting them to be saved too, I think that's just 
it's just really sad because we should have a compassion for all of these unsaved people too, the lukewarm Christians too, because um, I was yeah. there. And thank God for the people praying for me mm-hmm. that Jesus would come back and find his lost sheep. Because when you're going to church every Sunday and you're checking it off your list, but you're not through the week praying for other people to come to Christ or to grow your faith, it's like, what else could you be doing? This is the most important thing. This is why we're here on this earth. Yeah. And it just, it's so hard on a Sunday when I'm walking to the altar and no one is out there up there praying over me when I'm on my knees just just begging for the Lord to come and save my husband mm-hmm. and people don't go up there and pray with you people aren't up there dealing with what they need to deal with it just it just makes my heart so sad that we don't care enough about each other to get up there and pray over each other and to be on our knees on a day that he calls us to worship him And that we just can't humble ourselves in front of each other because of fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. Pride, selfishness. Yeah. Yeah, my devotion this morning said, without intercession, prayer, the lives of others would be left in poverty and in ruin. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our trouble is that, uh, and I know a lot of my trouble is, is we just don't uh, maybe hate all the sin that we had done, mm-hmm. um, I hate a lot of it. I mean, there's just some things you still kind of think is funny and all right, and we just don't, uh, you got to really hate of all the sin and what all the devil is doing and being so worldly for so long. It's just hard to just completely flip and just hate everything that the, the devil's done. I know I struggle with that oh, a lot. And it's a process. Yeah, there's so much still to work on. I'm no better than anyone else. It's just like you think that that we could even handle it, all the things, all the crap that we've brought in, if if God just took it completely away, every single bit of it. We couldn't even handle all the things that he would take away from us that we're still back and forth in. And so he just takes it from us and, and... convicts us or however he wants to place that in front of you or tells us Mm -hmm. just as we are ready for it it's just like you know um he's bringing those things to the surface as he needs to and then you know it's our job to get rid of them when he says it's time or this is today's lesson or however it may come about um I think a lot of times I know for my own self of just uh, what I'm missing too is not hating the sin enough. But then I get out and I get to talking about uh, all the stuff the Lord is um, not doing, but just the gifts and the deliverance and the tongues and the the healing. Where I need to be speaking more of my testimony a lot and just the joy of the Lord and what He would bring to your life before I get into the uh, other stuff, and sometimes right. I forget that part of it when I'm out speaking. I just know the other day talking to an old fella 
up in some little town. He was kind of shaking around there. I'm not sure what was wrong with him. I just like, let me pray for you. And instantly I just uh, uh, prayed for him and uh, then kind of got talking and got into uh, eight, um, the gifts and uh, gave a little bit of my testimony. But I just, after that, I when I left, I was just like, you know, I just didn't really tell him of what the joy of the Lord, of what he has really took me from. I mean, it's uh, great, all that other stuff, but what the just the joy of the Lord and just walking with God is just how important that is before you even get into the other stuff. It's something I need to really be speaking more of and more uh, boldly of for sure, and I know I've dropped the ball on that quite a bit. I get kind of wound up on some of the other stuff, and which is very important and uh, really awesome to be part of it and even you know really awesome the lord would even let you be a vessel and be able to even see it and be a part of it is but i know i need to be speaking just more of joy of the lord and just of love and i need to figure out you know how much and be able to feel how much the lord um, loves me if we could ever just understand how much the love <laughs> sorry if we could ever understand how much the lord just loves us then uh, a lot of our struggles and problems would come to an end um as we're getting closer to the end here uh i'll just ask you girls um how has god most blessed you most recently um i think most recently um god has just been showing me stuff that i could have never imagined he would show me already just his promises and just um, just giving me a group of people, a group of warriors, prayer warriors around me um, to pray for the things my heart most desires. And it's just been a blessing to see how, how many people that once you just reach out and just ask for prayer, how many people will truly just get on their knees um, for the things you're praying for and just the community he puts in your um, life, even if they're hours away from you. But you know when they're telling you something, it's from the Lord. And you know when they said um, they're praying, that they're praying. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for that and the, the love he has surrounded me with. Meg? Um, I just want to go back to that, what you are talking about, talking about that guy. And it's just like sometimes we want to go in and tell them about all the great things that Jesus has done but we forget to tell them about the gospel and like share the gospel. And um, that just like with the joy of the Lord, um, the world wants us to think that happiness is the same thing as joy. And it's, it's not happiness is, is something pretty much that the world is just made up to make us think, Oh, if we can, you know, if we can just buy this thing, we're going to be happy. If we can just, um, you know, get married, we're going to be happy. And it's like, no, uh, the Lord offers joy through him in these things. You're not going to find joy in that new car. You're not going to find joy in that new house or um, in your husband if you aren't um, both living for God and then turn your marriage over to God and let him do what he wants with it. And so joy comes from the Lord. And just like, I can't even think what the verse is. And, oh, it's in Psalms 51, and he just says, restore the joy of my salvation. 
and just how powerful that really is. And so, um, but I don't know, the most blessings that um, I've got to experience here lately is just, just really getting to love people, just love on them and just see them being set free or just, um, just having that conversation with them and, um, just getting to love on them, I guess. Yeah. Back to that fellow up there is he was a Christian guy and went to church, but just, uh, I just know myself got off track there. I just really should have told him just how excited and how joyful I was for what the Lord has done for me is what I really, that's something I need to start uh, working on is telling people the joy that I have now that I did not have. Talking about new cars, I had a garage full of brand new expensive cars and had little happiness when you drive them, but absolutely no joy at all. Had everything in the world that I would possibly want and had no joy until I gave my life and humbled myself, repented, asked for forgiveness and went back to the Lord. And now true joy, just being able to speak to you girls and starting off a podcast, just thinking about getting here to be with you and break down in tears or thinking about the Lord uh, in different times or singing a song the other day and just got to a part where it said, Jesus, Jesus, and start breaking down in tears. I mean, that's, that's pure joy that uh, I've never felt and whenever I can, last time I could ever remember. So, I mean, that's the joy is what uh, maybe is the word I've got for myself today that I need to really be speaking of that. Because you look around at so many people dealing with so much uh, depression, anxiety, anger, rage, just uh, a world filled with sadness that uh, they cannot figure out what is going on. They can't do, can't take enough prescriptions. They can't do enough drugs. They can't... uh, drink enough beer they can't buy enough crap they can't uh, feel enough sorry for themselves and the only way to fill that void is jesus that really needs to be the word that myself needs to be speaking to people of how to uh, find joy this is what i was and this is what i am now i'm filled with joy yes i struggle if you want to get into the other stuff after you figure out you know that you can have joy in jesus that would be wonderful um and Whatever my question was, I asked it, and I can't remember it. Uh, <laughs> just the blessings of being married to Jill. I just I grew up around a lot of good people. Um, you see their marriages, they're still just kind of, but you didn't really see a real joy in their marriage. You did some of them, not a lot, but uh, to really find joy in your marriage and your wife, and you're just excited to be with her. You, you miss her. You uh, like being with her. That's just been... Um, the biggest blessing, the earthly blessing, and, you know, I mean, obviously the joy from the Lord of um, is first, but just a earthly blessing of being with your wife and really enjoying it and the Lord keeping it together and not uh, screwing it up, because I sure tried to. So I thank God for that and uh, thank Jill for uh, having some real perseverance. Yeah. Have anything else, girls? pray us out um, just before you do this I just want to ask anybody that's listening to this why you join us with prayer if you would just um, just we just humbly ask that you would pray with us for um, Molly's husband's 
uh, salvation. Father God, we just come to you now, dear Lord, and we just praise and thank you for this wonderful time being with my daughters, dear God. We thank you so much for them. Uh, we just thank you so much for this podcast, dear God, and we just pray for the ears that will hear this, dear God. We pray that they'll just be uh, um, open, dear God, and I just pray joy over the uh, airwaves here, dear God, for ever, who is ever listening, dear Lord. We pray peace. Uh, we just pray just, uh, just a joy in you, dear God. We pray that uh, um, people will uh, come to you, dear God, because there's nothing else that will fill all these holes and gaps, dear Lord. Um, only you can do that, dear God, and we praise and thank you for uh, uh, never forgetting us. We thank you for the blood and the stripes of your son, dear God. We thank you for Jesus always uh, putting his father ahead of any desire he'd have. He could have whatever he wanted on this earth, dear God, but he chose to uh, follow you and to do whatever you asked him to, dear God. I pray for myself and my family, dear God, that we have that Christ awareness and desire to do only as you'd want us to do, dear Lord. Uh, we thank you again for your joy. Uh, we thank you again for these uh, beautiful girls, and we thank you for Thane, and thank you so much for my wife, and uh, thank you for all these uh, new wonderful Christian friends that you've put in our lives, dear God, uh, what examples they uh, have been for us. We pray to be great examples for them. I pray for all of our uh, friends, dear God, that uh, um, that we're not uh, seeing now and talking to as much, dear God. I pray that you draw them back to them, dear Lord. I pray that you open up our hearts so we can speak to them. I pray that we, uh, um, we just pray uh, just joy and peace over them like they've never felt before. We praise and thank you, Jesus, and I pray all this in the name of uh, Jesus. Amen.